Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Christmas Eve, I preached a message about how we have a proclivity towards bad news. How even in our brains that we are somewhat wired to detect, find, and respond to bad news. I shared how the most read piece of content in LifeHouse's history was something we sent out back in 2019 that, that, okay, so we, so You know, if you're a part of our church, you know we send out a lot of content email-wise. I mean, we want to make sure y'all know what's going on. If uh, If you're a part of our community here, we want to make sure you are in the know. So we send out emails, weekly emails, weekly rundown emails, letting you know what we have, groups and prayer and fasting, all the ways you can be connected in the life of our church. Because church is not just a Sunday. Come on, somebody. Church is more than just a Sunday event we go to. It is a community and mission we join. So we want to make sure that you know everything that we have going on. And so we sent one email out that said, in the subject line, scandal at LifeHouse. Guess what email had the highest open rate in the history of our church? It, it wasn't 21 days of prayer and fasting. 14 days of prayer and fasting. It was scandal at LifeHouse. And really, there wasn't a scandal. We were talking about the scandal of grace, that Jesus would love sinners, and that Jesus would actually welcome sinners. And we were talking about the heart of God, but, you know, kind of wanted to have a little bit of clickbait. But, that, but, but to me, that just shows how we can even have a proclivity towards wanting to know the bad news. What, what did Pastor John do? What's the scandal? I knew that stuttering guy wasn't legit. You know, I'm just kidding. But, but we can have this proclivity towards bad news. And if we're candid, life can jade us to even believe there's good news available. Some, I, mean, I, mean, you, I mean, we encounter it, just the amount of messages we see on the news. If you scroll, it's like, this is bad news and bad news and bad news. And sometimes it can jade us to even see that there's even good news available to us. And one things that, that one of the things that I talked about on Christmas is how one of the first things Mary heard, angel came to her and said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And what you see here is that when Jesus comes on the scene proclaiming that the kingdom of God is here, we are in a series called Thy Kingdom Come, where we are talking about what does it mean to live in and be aware of the kingdom of God. I said last week, to me, it seems like the kingdom of God hides in plain sight in the gospels, where we can somehow, as we're reading about Jesus's miracles and teachings and all the good things he did, we can miss even the context of what his main message was. And that was the kingdom of the kingdom of God. And I said, this year is going to be a year that we are going to learn of as people and Jesus followers to live in the kingdom of of God. And you can see Jesus here. This is one of the first things that Jesus proclaimed written by Mark, who was a gospel writer. He comes on the scene and he documents something that Jesus said, which is the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe 
in the gospel. Last week, we talked about repenting. What does that actually mean? We said how it's not just feeling bad for doing something. To repent actually means you rethink and you turn. So you're going one way towards what you want. Repenting means I'm shifting and turning and I'm moving in the direction of what Jesus says is best. And then we have to be willing to rethink everything in light of King Jesus now being king, bringing his kingdom in us and through us. But what, when we turn, what do we turn to? Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel. Can, can you say the gospel? You know what gospel means? It simply means good news. The Greek word is actually euangelion, which means like good news, good tidings, or an announcement. The gospel at its core is an announcement. It's actually kingdom language. So imagine this with me. Where, where did my paper go? Okay. If you remember old, you know, kind of just like old school movies, medieval movies, maybe even, you know, kind of just like Jesus time movies, you see this kind of, um, huh? Dwayne, why are you trying to guess my sermon, bruh? Dwayne over here trying to play fill-in-the-blank sermon. Like, come on, bro. Let me get it out. No. You kind of see, see this thing where when, when there's a king coming, somebody goes ahead of him into the town. And basically like, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. They take the scroll and they read an announcement. They read, they actually say, I bring you good news. For some it's good. For some it's not. Because what the, what they're actually saying is there is a king coming and is he coming friendly or is he not coming friendly there is a king coming that is and then they would read the gospel basically saying that there was a king on his way so when we think about the gospel the gospel was very kingdom language that there is a king coming and that the gospel is actually good news, that the God who created the heavens and the earth, who created you, who has all power in his hands, is a king that is coming with kindness and patience, love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. And this is actually good news for all people. And this is what the gospel is. It is an announcement to the world that good news is here. Love is available. Purpose is here. You can actually know the person who created you. It's good news. Gospel is an announcement. What is the gospel? We're going to dive in. What is the good news or the gospel? A simple definition, a simple term. Is that the good news, or excuse me, the gospel is the good news of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. 
It is the good news of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. Paul the apostle, he was a guy, he went and planted churches. He would actually go to the churches he planted and he would write to them letters. And there was one specific letter he wrote to a church in the city of Corinth that honestly was like church gone wild. (laughs) He planted it, it was thriving, growing, and then they just started doing buck wild crazy stuff. And Paul had to write a letter to them to say, hey, I don't, I don't know if the way you're living sexually is good. Y'all, y'all be eating food sacrifice to idols. You're propping these guys up pretty, pretty far. You, you do what in corporate worship? And he was talking to them about specific things. But then you actually see one of the things that Paul brings up in chapter 15 when he's concluding this letter. This is what it says here. He says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel, the good news, Evangelion." That I preached to you, which you received. Everyone say received. The gospel is received, not achieved. Okay? The, the gospel, which, excuse me, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are what? Saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Then he says this, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for, so, so, so basically what he's saying, he's describing the gospel. He says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the good news, friends. That you were dead in your sin, far apart from God, and he came and did what you could not do. He lived the life you could not live, a perfect life. He died the death you should have died on the cross in your place and for your sins, but he did not stay there. He rose and defeated your greatest enemy, Satan, sin, and death. And the good news is that you can now be in relationship with this God that made you, created you, loves you, and wants to be with you forever. This is the good news, Paul Baker. This is the good news is you don't have to live in just being a Browns fan your whole life and being depressed and being mad and being angry. And Dave, like, like you could be a Jaguars fan and be on the winning team just like last night. Everyone counted us out. They counted out Jesus. I'm just kidding. I just, you know I had to throw the Jaguars in, in there. Duval. Anyway, okay. That was for online. That is the good news, friends. And what Paul was doing here is he said, I need to remind you of this good news. And don't, don't, don't we forget the good news? Y'all, you know what? I heard somebody say something powerful. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. Don't wait for a preacher to do it. Don't wait for a preacher to do it because you need to learn to preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. Jesus, you died for me because you love me. You rose again to set me free. You rose again to make me free, to make me love you. You rose again. Preach the gospel to yourself. And what Paul was doing is that I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you because you have a tendency and proclivity to forget it. And this is all of us. Life will happen. Issues, habits, hurts, hangups, relational issues will happen. And you will have a proclivity to forget what's most important. So he says, I want you to remember. But then he wrote this one other letter to a church he planted in the city, Ephesus. And in chapter 2, we see this. We see Paul. Like One of Paul's main objectives was to help people understand the gospel. Because he knew when people really understand the gospel, they realize that they understand what the gift they have been given in Christ. And one of the things he describes here in chapter 2. Now, I'm going to read 10 verses. None of y'all check, check out. Because typically sometimes whenever we read long, long Bible passages, I know some of y'all get a little tired, a little weary. Let's engage. Let's dive 
in, especially because it's not just my words, it's God's words. Let's dive in, all right? Ephesians chapter 2, Paul, Paul says this, and he's describing the gospel. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. I want to note here, he did not say bad. You were not just bad, and Jesus made you good. You were dead. There's a difference between bad and dead. And some of us just think Jesus comes to make you a good person. No, he just doesn't come to make you a good person. He comes to make, take you from being a dead person to being an alive person in him. That's what the gospel is. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, just as Paul, Paul, Paul said, it's because of our sin that ultimately leads to spiritual death. But then he says, you, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God. Can we just say, but God? Can we just say, but God, one more time? How many of us know we've had but God moments? You were heading away, but God. I was about to do something stupid, but God. I did something stupid, but God. But God. That is what Paul is saying here, but God. He describes, because sometimes you don't understand how good the good news is unless you understand how bad the bad news is. And that's what he just, that's what he was describing here. The bad news was bad. You just weren't bad, you were dead. But he says, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins. He gave us life when, we, when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. We can, so the good things we, so, excuse me, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you just hear the language here? Death to life, seated with Christ, given a gift, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What do you receive whenever you repent of your sin and turn? You receive the gospel, the good news, the announcement of Jesus. And scripture declares that this is the power of God. Romans 1, for I am not ashamed, this is Paul talking, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. Everyone say power of God power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, for in the gospel of righteousness, and you know what that word righteousness means? It means right standing. That there is no beef between you and God now. That Jesus took away the beef, and now there's relationship. Righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness by faith from first last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Can, can I just say this? The greatest miracle is when a human heart turns and receives the gospel. People talk about like, man, I, I, you know, I want to see arms, broken arms restored. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears open. I want to see dead people raised. Y'all, I believe in all that. Our church believes in that. We want to see that. But let me tell you, don't miss the greatest miracle. 
is when a human will, is when the will of a human being, which is so strong and rebellious and wants to do their own thing, when it is broken and it turns and follows the God that created it. That is the greatest miracle, y'all. Besides Jacksonville coming back from 27-0 last, last, last night to win the game. I mean, that's, that's a close second, but, but, but the biggest miracle. And some of y'all miss the miracle. Because you will search for something greater than, than actually seeing the greatest miracle of human wills being transformed to love the God that created it. And churches can do this because we can say, God, we want to see more. We, we want to see miracles. That didn't work in the Old Testament, y'all. God split the ocean, and the same people that God split the ocean for were complaining in the desert. They were like, okay, God, you did that one, now what? That's, that's the depravity of the human heart. We want to see God do miracles. We want to see God raise it. We, we want to see the power of God, but y'all don't miss the power of God. The power of God happens every Sunday at this church when we see people say yes to following Jesus. When we see people saying yes in steps of discipleship that go completely against what they would normally do in and of themselves. It's the power of God. And for many of you, you've experienced the power of God. I can look at so many of you out here and I can say, power of God. Like, I knew you. I knew who you were before you came to Lifehouse. And now I can see who you are now. That's the power of the gospel, the announcement, the good news of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you this. With the good news, the devil will always pervert what God has perfected. The devil will always try to copy what God has created. This is what he's been doing from the very beginning. He wants to pervert. The devil will take a good thing and make it a God thing in your life, which will then become a bad thing to you. This is pretty much what always happens with good things that God created. The devil wants you to take a good thing and make it a God thing. He wants you to take something good that God created, and instead of using it as a gift that you enjoy, he wants to use it in your life as something that rules you and dominates you. The devil will do this. And do you know what the devil does even with the gospel? He actually creates and perverts the gospel. And this is what Paul even addressed in a church he was writing to that he planted in the city of Galatia. In chapter 1, you see Paul addressing this church. And this is what he is writing to them. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. And turning to a a what? Different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. He says, evidently, some people are trying to throw you into confusion and are trying to pervert. Everyone say pervert. Pervert the gospel of Christ. In, the, in a different letter he wrote in 2 Corinthians, this was the second letter. This church was so bad, they had to get a second letter. Chapter 11, verse number three, he says, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. He's basically saying, why are you putting up with all this false gospel stuff? And then he tells the other church, like you, 
Why have you been bewitched? Why have you been taken, held captive by a gospel that really is not a gospel at all? And if I can just be candid and honest, our culture and world, even in the church culture, is filled with false gospels. And a false gospel is simply this. Jesus plus equals a better whatever. Jesus, the gospel doesn't need help. The gospel doesn't need help. But what we've seen in our cultures is that they people want to do Jesus and equals what you really want or what you really need. And why is this important? Here's the thing. The gospel you believe and receive determines what and whose kingdom you enter into. The announcement you believe and the announcement you receive then tells what kingdom you enter into. And what I can see is many Christians have actually received not the gospel. It's a false gospel. And if you don't understand what gospel you believe and what kingdom you enter into, then honestly, you won't know the promises that you have. You won't know what Christ really provides. You won't know what King Jesus actually provides for you. Because in our culture, the devil will take people and use them to pervert the gospel and actually start teaching and preaching and using many gospels to tickle the ears of people just to get people to follow them. And I want to give you what I hope to do is put some tools in your hands because here's the thing. My prayer is that you would have discernment because everything you hear on TikTok is not truth. For some of y'all, that is revelation today. That's the reason you came. Everything you hear on Instagram is not truth. Some people think they're being discipled on that stuff. And you'll make it. You can get more information. You, you can get more content. But if you are doing that more than you are studying God's word to get what God actually says, then I'm telling you, you will fall prey to some different gospel stuff. So all I'm saying is my hope today is, is to give you some discernment so you will be able to be like, ding, 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 ding. I don't know if that's the real gospel, which is what, right, which, which we said is the announcement that Jesus is king. It's the good news of, of what God has done through Jesus Christ, death to life, seated with Christ. Grace is a gift. So I want to give you, I think, four false gospels that we see in our culture. Number one, the gospel of self-help which is the kingdom of Jesus plus a better you equals the gospel. Is there anything wrong with you becoming a better you? No. But if you're using Jesus just to get a better you, it's off. The goal isn't isn't just to get a better you. The goal is for you to become a sanctified version, Jesus-like version of you. The goal is not just to become better in terms of what culture says is better. The goal for you is to become more like Jesus mixed with who God has wired you and created you to be. My heart is to be a sanctified, Jesus-like version of John Ware. I want to be like a stuttering Jesus. Jesus. 
I want to be who God has ultimately made me. And like, I don't want to lose the uniqueness that God has given me. But I'm not just going to say, Jesus, help me become a better me according to what culture says. Because what this, what this gospel does is it uses Jesus as what? A means to its own end. Instead of seeing Jesus as the means and the end. It's about him. Our culture is wanting to get you to just be a better you. And people will use Jesus to get it. Without realizing when you do that, you're using Jesus instead of serving him. Everyone doing okay? Okay. <laughs> Second, you, you guys are quiet. So when y'all get quiet, I just, you know, make sure everyone's good. The second false gospel that I see is the gospel of prosperity. And this actually has a name in our culture. It's called the prosperity gospel. And it's this whole thing of like, Jesus wants you healthy all the time, wealthy all the time. And the more healthier and wealthier you are, the more Jesus-like you are. Y'all, this is what happens when the gospel mix with cultural values. Where we want Jesus to be for the United States dream. I'm just, I'm just going to let that sink in. Because we can easily make Jesus what the culture wants him to be. So we can take any value in the United States and we can, and, and we can say, okay, we, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And which, which I'm, I'm thankful for this country. I'm thankful that we get to pursue different things here. But if we are not careful, we will take what this country values and mix a little bit of Jesus in it and call it the gospel. When no, the gospel is centered, and then we say what in the culture fits with kingdom culture, and then we, okay. But the foundation isn't what the culture says or what our country says is right. And then we'll mix a little bit of Jesus in there. The gospel is the culture. The kingdom is the culture. And then we try to take the kingdom culture into the culture so we can do what? Bring more heaven to earth. But you have to be careful because people are preaching like you need Jesus and then stuff. And that's what ultimately makes you more holy. And the prosperity, and here's the thing, whenever you have a word, adjective, whatever, before the gospel, that's how you know it's a false gospel. Gospel doesn't need help. The gospel doesn't need prosperity. The gospel is the good news that can stand alone on its own. What I've seen is that when people believe this, when they don't get prosperity, they actually damn Jesus. I've seen people do, do this, where they were subconsciously serving Jesus to get prosperity, and when Jesus did not give them prosperity, they said, forget this. Because ultimately, they saw Jesus as a means to their end, as a genie that you rub to get what you want. Am I saying you can't have stuff? I'm, Jesus didn't even say that. But what he said was you have. Jesus is the model, y'all. Jesus' life is the model. This is why you have to study Jesus more than you have culture influence you. 
Because Jesus was the first disciple. Jesus is the model. Jesus shows us ultimately what it means to fulfill the will of God. Which means there's going, not always going to be happy days. Could Jesus, I mean, it's his thing. So, so we, we, we just have to make sure we know what we're entering into. The kingdom promises to take care of your needs not many times your wants. That's what King Jesus promises us. But if you're not careful, we will put on cultural values on Jesus and say, well, Jesus, you were supposed to give me, you know, um, you said seek first the kingdom of God and all this will be added to you. And for those of you who have been in that kind of church, what they mean by that is benzes and houses and boats and vacations. When you look at the context of that scripture, it actually was food and clothing and shelter. All these things was like your bare minimums. But we can read into the text instead of drawing out from it. This is where we get messed up and we draw false gospels. Gospel of prosperity. The third one is the gospel of poverty. So you've got, so you, so you've got the prosperity gospel over here. And then you've got the poverty gospel where say, yeah, the prosperity is terrible. You, sh- you know, you shouldn't have stuff. So the, if you're poorer, then you're holier. No, no, <laughs> no. Jesus, you know, Jesus never said the poorer you are, the more spiritual you are. He did say how you treat the poor and how you see them and how you treat them and how you view them and how you honor them and how you love them and how you serve them matters. But Jesus never said the poorer you are, the more spiritual you are. So people can, can almost play this, well, I am a martyr card because I, I don't have anything and I just give up everything and that makes me more holy and that's, that's, that's what real the gospel is. And, 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 and y'all, that, 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 that doesn't connect. They're reading into the text. The fourth false gospel is the gospel, and this one is probably the worst to me, the gospel of works, where people say the kingdom of Jesus plus your good works equals salvation. And this one breaks my heart because people will work all their life for something they already have. Some people are trying to do so much for God to get the approval of God, and they miss the fact that they start with the approval of God. This is what the good news is. Good news, Ephesians 2. It is a gift. You can't earn it. You receive it. You don't achieve it. It's something you start from. It's something you don't get for all the good works you do. It's so hard for us to get this. Why? Because we are so accustomed to earning everything. So when we come into the kingdom of God that says, nope, you can't earn nothing. You got to receive it. We're like, no, there's a catch. This is too good. And, but if, if see, it, it, it's backwards in the kingdom. You start with the approval of God because of Jesus. And then out of the approval of God, then you develop a want to do things for God because of, the, because of who you now are in him. And this helps you because now you don't live your whole life trying to please God. You start with the approval. Even think about Jesus himself. Before Jesus did one thing in his public ministry, he was baptized. And when he came up, the first thing that he received from his father was his father's approval. 
before he went out and did any ministry, before he preached one sermon, before he healed one person, before he did one thing, before he died on the cross, before he went and accomplished his purpose that his father had set for him, his father said, this is my son with whom I am very well pleased. Can you accept that today? That, that as a Jesus follower, as part of the gospel, is it, is it begins with love. It begins with the acceptance of God. It, it begins with you having your identity changed. And then from there, you learn to live up to who you, and live out who you already are in Christ. This is good news, friends. This is the gospel. But if you aren't careful, there will be a gospel preach that says, yeah, Jesus loves you, but you've got to earn it. Yeah, you've got to work really hard. And then you'll have this older son mentality, which though you're in the father's house, you miss the father's heart. The parable of the prodigal son is a parable of two sons. The younger son, we, we always get on the younger son. He was a sinner. Went out and tore up his family's estate. But the older brother was in the house, but didn't have his father's heart. And sometimes that can be us. We're working for God, we're doing stuff for God, but we miss the fact that we're already loved and approved by him. And it was an interesting question. You are absolutely right. Sorry, someone's phone just said, someone's phone just said, interesting question. <laughs> Look at Siri, even listening to the preaching. Look at God. Look at God. We're going to get Siri saved, y'all. We're going to get Siri saved. We're going to get AI saved, y'all. We're going to get all these robots saved. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway. All right. What, what, the, what, what does the gospel do for us individually and the church corporately? So I, I just want to walk through, you through, like, yes, this is good news, but let me give you some of the benefits. You know, whenever you get a job, you talk about the benefits package, right? I think at times we don't talk as much about the gospel benefit package. The things that as a byproduct, the gospel does when you receive it and you let it in and you let it build in you the kingdom of God. I just want to give you three thoughts. Number one, the gospel rightly aligns your identity. We have a world aching and longing to know who the heck they are. I mean, honestly, longing, aching, who am I? Like, and we try to find, you know, we, we try to find who we are. We look inside and who, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a snowflake. I'm awesome. I'm great. I'm, so I, I just got to look inside this little heart and find who I am. When I find who I am, I, then I'm going to live it out. How is that working? People are going to anything and everything, any person, any job, anything, trying to find who they are. Who am I? But what the gospel does, the gospel declares who you are. It cements you are a child of God, living in the kingdom of God, under the rule and reign of King Jesus. With the gospel, you go from a sinner to a saint, orphan to a, to a son or daughter, from being separated from God to being with God. Do you understand that? Like, that is a benefit of receiving the gospel. That you have a new identity from death 
to life. Now, what I have learned is this can take years to understand. You can have someone say, you're new in Christ, but you're like, I don't feel new. <laughs> you're like, it's going to be great. No, it's not. Nothing's changed at home. My kids are still hell hellions. I hate going to my job. I don't feel new. But what you can possibly miss is the power of God is beginning. Because here's the thing, what did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The power of God can start with little. And sometimes because you don't feel a huge change, you can miss the little that the Holy Spirit has done in you. And he's changed you. And he's given you a new identity. And I just want to say, if you're new to following Jesus, it's going to take you years to understand this gospel thing. But God's patient. He's kind. Think of a baby. When, when, whenever a baby is born, do you tell the baby, like, hey, do you know algebra? No. Why? Because the, the baby will. But it, it's new. It's born. It takes time. But the identity has changed. The second benefits this. The gospel rightly aligns your motives. Y'all, this is a life message in at Lifehouse. You can come up, Jarvis. You're going to land this plane, brother. The gospel rightly aligns your motives because it purifies your heart. Why? Because you don't do anything good to get anything from God. You do it because he's already been good to you. You don't do anything to get something from him because you've already been given what you needed most, which is the gospel. So anything you do isn't to get anything from God or isn't to try to earn something from God. The good you do is in response. Everyone say response. Is in response to the good news of the gospel that you have already been given. And this creates a church and this creates a people with a want-to spirit instead of an I-have-to spirit. How many people in churches are weighed down with the burden and bondage of I have to? And you know what? Sometimes we're going to feel that way. But let's be honest. Anything that's worth something, you're going to have that, that feeling. Marriage, kids. But ultimately, deep down, there is a want to. My prayer is to have a church full of people who want to. Who want to come to church. Who want to serve. Who want to give. Who want to be in community. Who want to share the gospel. Who don't say, God, you owe me. God, you should this and God, you should that. He's like, God, in response to the gospel you've given me from going to death, from life, grace is a gift. I've received salvation. I'm now a child of God in response to all you have given me. The only logical response that I can deduct from your goodness is in response to give you everything that I have. It purifies our hearts. It purifies our spirit. It's a response to him. It, I mean, honestly. So now we see prayer differently. Oh, I got to pray today. Bro, you get to pray. I want to pray. Oh, I got to read my Bible or God's going to send me to hell. No, you're saved. You have a new identity. You want to read. And this is where I just, you have to understand the kingdom you're in. 
but it's based on the gospel you believe. If you have a gospel of works, you'll be like, I got to read my Bible unless I'm going to hell. Maybe you haven't received the gospel. Maybe you've received a false one. My heart as the shepherd of this church is to ensure you receive this simple, pure gospel and nothing else. That is my heart, to purify the beauty of the gospel so you are not led astray, as Paul said, by something false. That is no gospel at all. It's only bondage, and it's been perverted by the enemy. The gospel also rightly aligns your focus where you're going many of you are trying to find purpose outside of the purpose of becoming like Jesus the, the secondary purpose of your life is to what job you have or how much money you make or how big is your house or how big is your 401k or how big all of these things that the world says are should be primary focuses for you the gospel realigns your priority and focus to where now you are free, even as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. When he said that, the context was in God will provide for you. So as God is providing for you, you can now seek the kingdom of God as primary because now you are not seeking what is secondary because you have a king that promises to provide all of your needs. The gospel aligns your focus to where now instead of saying, well, I failed, da, 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 do you know the focus of your life is to become like Jesus? Literally, you talk about what is God's will. God's will is Jesus. God's will is for, that's why he says all things work to the good of those who love God, because what it's saying is all things can work to the good to help you become more like Jesus. And for those of you who have been on this journey long, you know God can and will use all things. Not that all things are good, but God will take all things, including bad things, to help shape you and mold you and chip you and shape you and form you to be like himself. Why is this good news? Because the gospel clarifies your focus. These are three things every human heart is longing for. Who am I? Why do I do it? And where am I headed? The gospel says, I've got good news. I'm here. So what's our response today? Ready? Receive and believe the simple gospel, y'all. Receive and believe the simple gospel. When I was praying today about today's message, I believe there's some of you, you've received a false gospel. It's been Jesus and, it's been Jesus plus, and maybe it, that's been kind of subconscious to you, but maybe today it's become conscious. And because you received a false gospel, you entered into a false kingdom. And what I believe that, that God wants to do, that, that, the, that the, like God wants you to receive the, like, the good news, the simple gospel. Today, maybe some of you, you're just here and you've, you've been to church, but you've never made a decision to like receive the good news, the gospel. Maybe this has never been explained to you before. And you just thought the whole church Jesus thing was just like, just do better so you then can become better and you can become from a bad person to a good person. And, and it's like, this is what it is. And then you just try hard and try hard. And you see, actually, no, it's not about none of that crap. Sorry, stuff. Uh, you're going from dead to alive And this is really good news because you don't achieve it, you receive it. And my heart today is that we would be a church that's built on individually and corporately 
on the gospel, unchanging, unfiltered, real, true, thousands of years, gospel of Jesus Christ. And in response, we would say we get to, not we have to. In response, whatever I have, Lord, is yours because of the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you stand up with me? Worship team, you can come up. Listen, I'm not going to belabor. I want to give you the opportunity to receive the gospel today. Prayer, prayer teams, can you go ahead and, and get into place? Okay, look, so prayer teams, if you actually look in those prayer boxes right there, you, you will actually see poker chips in, in there. I want you to go ahead and grab, and grab those. Look, if you want to receive the gospel today, and I, here's, here's the thing, we can, get, we can get prideful because we can say, well, you know, I don't want anyone to think that maybe I, I believe the false gospel, whatever. Y'all, who, who cares? Who cares? I believe today that many of you, you need to go all in with Jesus and you need to believe the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today, if that is you today, and you wanna say, John, I wanna receive, and, and y'all, we don't have to over-spiritualize this moment. Everyone bow your head, everyone close your eyes and have some private time with Jesus. Do we do that here? Yeah, but I don't feel like this is one of those moments. <laughs> Just receive the Father's love, family. Receive the good news. Receive it. And so in your heart today, because that's where change begins, in your heart, if you're saying, I am receiving the good news today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I just want you to pray this after me, but I'm going to ask everyone to join in because some of you need to be reminded of the gospel today. <laughs> but some of you need to be reminded and some of you need to receive. And no matter where you are today, whatever decision you're making, I want you to repeat this prayer as we receive or are reminded of the good news of Jesus. Would you close your eyes and just take a few seconds and focus on Jesus today? And would you pray this prayer, Jesus? And actually, would you lift up hands with me if you feel comfortable? This is a free country, you don't, you don't have to. But if you want to, you can, but you do not have to. But just as a sign of reception, would you just say, Jesus, I receive gospel, the good news of what you've done, God, in Jesus, that you died for my sins, that you rose again and defeated my greatest enemies, Satan, sin, and death. So in response to the gospel, I give you all of me, not a piece of me not a part of me, all of me. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel that realigns my identity, that realigns my motives, and that realigns my focus. I give everything to you, Jesus, because you gave everything to me. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, 
just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.